This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. What makes Smart Food so smart? It's Air Pop popcorn, tossed in white cheddar cheese, only 70 calories per cup, a notorious black bag of popcorn deliciousness. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com. On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no. She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner. Doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Welcome to WrestleWalk. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro Presents Slamboree 1996. I'm your host, or one of your hosts, Dr. Damien Gibson, and joining me as always to break down the greatest pay-per-view in WCW history is the man who only deals in kayfabe and nothing else. It's Sir Matthew Kayfabe. I consider you the host and me like the special comments man. I could get, yeah, but maybe I'm play-by-play and mm. you're the colour commentator, but I don't like to say that, you know, because that implies, like, it's my podcast and you're guesting on it. Which is not I, like to, I, think of, I think of you as Jim Ross and, and me as Eric Bischoff. Don't. Or Bobby. Don't. What? <laughs> Why are you Eric Bischoff? Why do you get to be the cool guy? <laughs> well, I think the listeners can answer that themselves. How about I'm Eric Bischoff and you're Bobby the Brain Heaton? How about that? How about your Mongo McMichael? <laughs> How about he your Mike the, today? He puts the special in special <laughs> comments. Um, well, he uh, we'll get into that. Yeah, he's he's not on commentary anymore, but uh, we'll get into that. Um, I enjoyed this pod uh, this podcast. <laughs> I enjoyed this podcast that I'm on. <laughs> I enjoyed this pay per view. Did you like it? Uh, no, I didn't, but I did. <laughs> I did. I don't know whether it was Stockholm Syndrome by the <laughs> end, but I actually quite enjoyed it. What I what it made me think was that, like, I miss big, and this is something AEW does really well, having big gimmicky matches. Like, I like that, you know, this, this half this pay-per-view is just made up by a nonsense, very obviously rigged lethal lottery. Uh I love it. I love tournaments. I love stupid storylines mm. for the sake of storylines. Um, look, I didn't want to have to watch it, but I'm glad it happened, and I like knowing it happened, and I wouldn't mind it if AEW trademarked this idea and did it themselves. Yeah, I think um, I think it could be done again, and uh, if you put a little bit more thought into um, sort of uh, hiding the prestige if that makes any sense you know what I mean? like mm. uh it, i don't know if it initially i was like oh man this is gonna be a long night because it's a tournament and but i find anytime there's a tournament uh on a pay-per-view and it just doesn't get done 
anymore. Like WWE just don't do it at all. Mm. AEW have had tournaments, but they've kind of done it over a series of weeks. If you do it in a pay-per-view, it kind of has that, like we've talked about it before, like it's its own story. Mm. You don't, you, you can't really fuck up the booking of it because by the time you get to the final, people invest are invested because they've watched every match. You know what I mean? So even if it ends up being like a, a weird winner, then I don't know. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm doing slightly, like I don't feel like I'm doing lethal lottery much justice here. But well, it didn't I, do it I really much justice. It. I really I, enjoyed it. I like. I think. Uh, I don't know. I, by about the third match of the tournament, I was in. <laughs> I think the issue was at this point in time, in uh, in in literally this week of 1996, because it's all going to change next week. Uh, WCW just have so many wrestlers I don't want to see. Like you know, if you run through the uh, who was there. I don't want to see the Road Warriors at this point. I certainly don't want to see Road Warrior Hawk, who was injured and didn't wasn't involved in the match at all. Uh, I don't want to see the Taskmaster. Certainly don't want to see the Booty Man. I don't want to see Sergeant Craig Pittman. I don't want to see VK Wall Street. I don't want to see Jim Duggan. I don't want to see Dick Slater. <laughs> and uh, I still feel uncomfortable about seeing uh, Alex Wright. And I, I certainly don't want to see Hugh Morris. <laughs> um, I thought I feel like a tournament uh, format like this protects those guys who aren't great a bit, though. Like, I'll tell you who it didn't protect. Actually, it didn't protect the Booty Man who got one of the all-time bad reactions. When he came out, yeah, like I didn't notice that people what people were people were were not happy to see the booty man. Believe it or not, one of the one of one of wrestling's early ass based gimmicks. Um, Who would have thought? I just can't believe Billy think- Gunn stole the booty man's gimmick. You think people would have been um, happy to see the booty girl, the booty least. babe? There's a bit of alliteration there. The booty babe. Didn't Bobby call her the booty maid at some <laughs> point when she came did. out? <laughs> Bobby's, Bobby's uh <laughs> He's AEW's Jim Ross at this point, but he's still like he's still funnier than Jim Ross is. Yeah, the difference between Bobby and Jim Ross now is that like Bobby is obviously he's checked out, but he's still doing the bare minimum. You know, and he doesn't like, and he's charismatic and funny enough to like get away with it. Yeah, you know that's I mean? that's a that's a fair that's a fair point. Um, there there was a really good match on this card though. There was actually there was two really good matches on this card. Um, Conan and Jushin Thunder Liger. Wow, like that shouldn't that probably should have been longer than ten minutes. I think it was the second longest match on the card but it was under 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, far out, that was a pretty fun match to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, Mike Tanay is really good. I forgot that Mike Tanay was a really important piece mm. to the, the success of WCW. I know there's been other things that, like, I think people didn't like him on TNA 
right? Like that's uh, yeah. the knock on Mike today that he got too big for his boots or something. Like what was the? Uh, <laughs> I don't think was... anyone in TNA got too big for their boots. <laughs> but why did people? I mean, I never watched TNA, so why did people turn on? He had an expanded Mike? role, and he wasn't perfect for it. Right. Uh, okay. Like he was, he was supposed to be sort of the play-by-play and colour guy, and it just didn't really work. Oh, so they only had one commentator. No, they had two, but he was—he sort of carried a lot of the load. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't sound like that's his fault. But anyway, um, <laughs> do you know in that match... No, everyone Bobby, is blamed for what they're forced to do in a scripted workplace, Damien. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's not fair unless it's the Miz. Um, Bobby, do you know uh, Bobby placed a bet on himself to see if he could beat Jesse Ventura's racism record of 14 races, races quips, um, which is a record that uh, Jesse set in the Rick, uh, the Rick Steamboat Macho Man IC title match at WrestleMania 3. And unfortunately for Bobby, he lost by one. Oh, he really? Only to, yeah, I got to 13 races quips in this match. I mean, which is good, but um, just missed out on the world record. Yeah, 1996 is not too... Th- it is an example of how far we've come for uh, uh, race relations, uh, gender it relations. It kind of is. It kind like, of and is. it's only going to get I worse. Mean, we, uh, oh, you mean like what we will be watching? Yes. Right. <laughs> and um, it will get... No, Bobby, okay, so just to be very, very clear, society will get better on race and gender relations uh, mm, in the in yes. the preceding thirty years. The wrestling that we are that we will podcast about will get worse over the yeah. next four to five years. Yeah, as they say, it's always yeah. it's always darker before dawn, and uh, things are about to get real dark. I think the brother dudes and dudettes understood where you were coming from. I know, man. I just don't <laughs> want to get cancelled so early on. We've got like five no, years. No, 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 no. We're starting to take off, mate. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Bobby couldn't help himself. This was unbelievable. Like Conan, uh, like when they first, you know, when they came out, and I was like, man, Conan looks amazing. He's got like this colourful poncho on, and Jushin Thunder, Thunder Liger just looks fantastic. Like he's the coolest looking Japanese. Like he looks like Ultraman. You know, like he's just so cool. And then Bobby's like, oh, look, these fucking weirdos dressed up in this weird shit that I don't fucking understand. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm talking over the top of Mike Tanay. Like Tanay's trying <laughs> to build an actual story, and Bobby's literally just talking over the top of him. Like, yeah, Did I mean, you- he didn't say anything outright, like outrageously racist. It was just this low hum racist energy throughout the whole, <laughs> throughout the whole match that literally took away from the best match on the card. Did you notice how slow physically Conan is? It's like he's half a second behind everything. <laughs> it's it drives me I mad. I don't notice this. It's it's I like literally he, don't notice <laughs> like we're moving our hands and, and we're moving in air and he's just in a light custard. Like it's like it just takes him a little <laughs> bit longer. It's just it, it obsesses me. I can't I can't deal with it at all. Um, and the the the, um, <laughs> the other good match was uh, 
that, believe it or not, the Dean Malenko match. Yeah, Dean Malenko got the win over Brad Armstrong in the Cruiserweight title match, which this feels like this is the beginning of um, the Cruiserweight division being pushed a bit, mm. which is good because this was relatively high up the, the bill. Um, I really enjoyed when Public Enemy got the win over Rick and Macho because Rick and Macho counted themselves out. <laughs> I, I thought Public Enemy sold that really well. They were looking at each other like, we just bit like, I mean, we didn't, but we just beat Ric Flair and Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) (laughs) They actually really sold that really well. It was quite subtle. The commentators didn't really, I mean, they, you know, they were like, oh, I'm probably going to be one. But the way that, uh, the way that Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock were looking at each other was pretty stupendous. It made me, it actually made me laugh out loud while I was watching. It's, it's, last night. Because we are, I would say slavishly devoted to them in ECW at this point on our other podcast. Uh, and they're, you know, we're a year behind this almost exactly. And they're just like the, they're just absolute MVPs. They're so good. I wonder if we would just, just like be so bored by them. If we, cause like I just knew them from WCW and I always hated them. And, and now I'm massively into them. It feels like you're friends with them, like you knew them before they got signed to WCW, so you're just watching to see if they get booked well or how their Mm. matches are going. You take a special interest in them because you know of them prior to WCW. But unfortunately for them, it's... um yeah, it's not. It's not going great. I mean, they got to the second round of uh, no, they got to the battle bowl of uh, oh god, lethal lottery. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, extra titles for things that don't need to exist. So you go into the battle bowl of the lethal lottery to become lord of the ring. <laughs> so complicated, and so then you're supposed to get really complicated. <laughs> so you become. So, Diamond Dallas Page eventually beats the Barbarian in the Battle Bowl, uh, and now he's number one contender for the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, The Battle Bowl was truly awful to watch. Yeah, but the the result was great, because this is the beginning of DDP. I think the problem is... I was happy... You go. I was happy to see that. No, I was happy. Oh, you know, I, I, you know, coming into watching these pay per views pre NWO and you know, um, Crow Sting, that you're gonna have a pretty shitty roster. I, I actually found because I'd been struggling with Nitro so much over the last, oh, dude, I'm gonna say like two months. It's been, it had, I, I don't, it's not, but doing the podcast is fun, but watching the episodes is not fun. For me. Mm. It has not been, it's just constant Ric Flair, Liz spewing into a spew buckets, which I've got an update on those a little bit later on. Uh, <laughs> you know, like just, it's so hard to watch. So I actually really enjoyed, even though there's a lot of shitty jobber wrestlers on this pay-per-view, I enjoyed there being a structure to an end point. You know, there was an actual payoff to a storyline. All these guys are in all these guys are in a tournament. DDP's the guy we want to push. 
he wins, he actually gets a push from, you know, like, yeah, he's beaten a pretty dog shit field of wrestlers, but he still won. Mm. Um, and I appreciated that. And I also really liked the fact that Macho didn't, you know, what we've complained about in the past in pay-per-views is that Hulk Hogan and Macho Man just look like supermen, like they never lose. Mm. Macho Man got really screwed over here really badly, and the bad guys won, and the story continued on. I actually quite enjoyed that as well, you know, because I was just sure that Macho Man was, you know, somehow Rick and Macho would, like, fall ass backwards into the battle bowl, mm. and Macho Man would beat Rick and he'd get the ring, and then he or, or Rick would beat Macho, and then they would be one of those two would be the person who goes up against the giant. Yeah. Yes, I mean that that seemed to be where they were going, and it was it was nice to have you know DDP is going to be potentially the other than Sting the biggest sort of homemade. Uh, star that WCW ever has, really. I mean, oh, Goldberg. Mm. Obviously, Goldberg is. Yeah, Booker T. Is, Gold- yeah, yeah. is Goldberg bigger than Sting? Probably. It seems like, to me, I loved Sting. When I was watching this all on my own and I didn't know anyone else who was into it at all, uh, to me, I was like, oh, well, everyone loves Sting. But getting, you know, Growing up and meeting people who were watching the same thing, it seems like people loved Goldberg. But I, I mean, I like Goldberg, but he, I don't know. He just, I don't know. He just came, like, even then, as a 16, 17 year old, I was like, this guy's a meathead. I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really, you know, like, I wanted him to beat the NW. Anyway, we'll get to that in a year and a half or whatever. We but will. it feels I mean, like it's... Goldberg was the biggest WCW star. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I looked back at what was happening in 1995. So 1995 Slamboree didn't because I was like, I don't remember this Lethal Lottery. Like, I don't I don't remember it. Um, and it turns out it, it was something they like started in the early 90s and did around uh, Starcades, and then they just chucked right. it on 1996 Slamboree for some reason. Um, 1995 Slamboree is was an absolute like clusterfuck of uh, of a card. It was the Nasty Boys defeated Harlem Heat. Kevin Sullivan defeated the man with no name, who at that point was uh Brutus the Barber Beefcake, uh, who's on this card as well. Both of these men are on this card. Uh Wahoo McDaniel defeated Dick Murdoch, the great Muta defeated Paul Orndorff. Arn Anderson defeated Alex Wright. Meng uh, and Road Warrior Hawk ended in a double countout. Sting defeated Big Bubba Rogers. And Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage defeated Ric Flair and Vader. Like, this is a completely different WCW almost. <laughs> yeah, it is. I like the tag team element of this, of this one, of, like, random people being tagged together and... I didn't. I didn't mind it. I really, you know, I actually really quite enjoyed it by the time it had, it had finished. What did you think about uh, the longest match on the card? Um, the giant, the world heavyweight champion defeating Sting. Um, I, I know I'm probably going to be in the minority here as well, 
I actually enjoyed it. I thought the Lex little story that's been so painful hmm. uh, over the last 12, 16 weeks of Lex and Sting, are they friends? Can you trust Lex? Blah, 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 blah. It actually paid off a little bit here because it was quite kind of nuanced in the sense of like Sting lost the match. But <laughs> did like, you just refer to 1996 WCW booking as nuanced? Well, yeah, because you literally can't tell whether, you know, like whether Lex had a hand in the megaphone being smashed across Sting's head or not. Like, I, you know, I'm like, I can buy that as a wrestling storyline because wrestling. you immediately had the because you immediately had the commentators going you had like uh you know um dusty going of course lex could you know had a hand in it because he's like look at the size of him compared to jimmy hart but then you got bobby the brain going like no oh, i don't know i don't i don't know whether he did or not blah blah and then i don't know it just there was enough doubt there to for me to be like yeah um I don't know. I enjoyed this as well. I thought it was fine. I thought the result was fine as well. Like, even though Sting is the most popular wrestler by a long way, I mean, it's almost like the crowd don't make any noise for anyone else except Sting at this stage in, in WCW. But the Giant had only just won the title. You're trying to put him over. You're trying to build him as, like, this big giant monster. So for him to beat Sting is the right booking decision even though Sting should be the champion. But if you're going to make Giant the champion, this was the right way to book this. I mean... I didn't mind it. I'm not saying it's a great wrestling match, but as far I, as the story was concerned, I was actually like, this is better than what they've been doing for the last three I, I think we all know what you're saying, and what you're saying is that uh, the Giant versus Sting is the a remembrance of things past uh, Marcel Proust, uh, you know, masterpiece of professional wrestling. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 you know <laughs> I think widely considered the 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 the, the greatest. Uh, anyway, I, I can't I can't keep going with Proust and 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 this match. Uh, I just I don't <laughs> want to see Giant wrestle for 10, 10 minutes. That said, I think this is the Giants' longest match, which makes Sting look pretty good. Yeah, I mean Sting looked good in this match, like. It- and the majority of that match is Sting running into the Giant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, it's not like the Giants, you know, <laughs> doing, like, shooting star presses off the top rope or anything. Like, he's just basically standing there and Sting's doing all the bumping for him. It's it's, um, it's strange it, because even, we're, we're heading towards the bit of the Giant where he sort of wants to be a worker and forgets... He's just not a very good big man and not a very good worker. Like, I think, I think we maybe have another few months and then he just becomes the most disenfranchised, dislikable character on TV because he's, like, walking down to the ring smoking cigarettes in his giant baby hands. I do like that. I like that giant. Anyway, we'll get to him. I, I Like, I, I think this is probably a case of... Uh, Nitro being so bad and me not enjoying it at all mm. that as soon as there was some semblance of okay booking, I've jumped all over and gone, oh, this is so good. I really enjoyed this. Um, 
But I but I did. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the pay per view. The only parts that I didn't were to do with Ric Flair. I mean, I think it's worth uh, contextualising that this t- took place on the nineteenth of May, nineteen ninety six. Um, one of the the most uh, storied sort of, I guess, in out ring things ever in 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 professional wrestling also took place on on May 19th 1996 and that's the the curtain call the Madison Square Garden curtain call where uh Shawn Michaels beat Diesel and then uh Diesel gets up and hugs Shawn and Triple H and um and uh uh Scott Hall come out and hug and that's their last match for the WWF for a few years um and they're coming to WCW and uh you know, the reality is they've had to book this pay-per-view knowing that they have the guy who was, you know, has been wrestling for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship and the guy who's been wrestling for the WWF Intercontinental Championship coming in the next day. Oh, oops, in a week. In a week. It's not the next day. Yeah. It would be amazing if it was the next day. But, like, this, they are in the biggest holding pattern of all time right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they pushed they push DDP, so they, they're still trying to build someone. That was the other thing as well. It's like they placed someone else in the, well, <laughs> we'll talk about the Nitro on the, on the yes. next episode. But, uh, you know, Very briefly after, this, after this pay-per-view, they've placed someone else who's not Sting, Giant, Macho Man, or Ric Flair in the, at the top of the card, you know. So if that... When I finished the pay-per-view, I was like, oh, I don't remember DDP being in the title picture this early. Well, I mean, you know, they're... He's not. He's <laughs> spoiler. He's not. But uh, <laughs> but it was exciting for, like, the five minutes between me watching Slamboree and the next Nitro. <laughs> who, are the, who are the tag team champions at the moment? It's Buddy Lex and Sting. Oh, okay. So, but, like, look, that... And, and Lex is also still the bloody... Um, uh, TV is he the t- TV title holder as well? No, 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 no. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. But but WCW like for for we're getting a lot of new listeners who who potentially won't be going back a hundred episodes to listen to our first episode, which is fair. Um, but yeah. I was about to get upset there for a second, <laughs> and I was like, would I listen to one hundred and twenty-four episodes of one hundred and twenty-six episodes of our of our podcast basic- just so I can get every little joke. <laughs> Our basic premise was that the history of WCW was very much written, has been written by the victors, and it's you know been shat on quite extensively it's by okay. WWF, and um, you know that they've really put forward uh, this version where WCW just stole guys from the WWF and never bothered uh, having their own guys do anything. And like, look, you know, you've got Macho Man, and you've got. Uh, the Booty Man, and you've got Hulk Hogan, you've got all these guys who are, you know, ludicrous. But the, one half of the tag team is tag team champions is, at this point is Sting. The cruiserweight champion is Dean Malenko. Uh, the WCW United States heavyweight champion is Conan, and the world heavyweight champions the Giant. Like th- these are all, except for Lex Luger homegrown guys and Lex Luger actually started out in WCW then went to WWF um 
like you know, this is they are actually, and DDP just won the battle bowl, technically, uh, at this yeah. point. Um, this is this is absolutely untrue. Like, yeah, look, the NWO are about to run rampant over WCW, but at this stage, they're building their own guys. Hmm. It's not like Conan yes, came over from the WWF and they were like, oh, we better skyrocket this guy. They were like, this guy's really good in the ring, if not half a second too slow at all times, But uh, which I'm sure they, they discussed. What you're talking about. <laughs> and they were like, you know, Dean Malenko came from ECW and they were like, this guy is the best wrestler in the world right now. Like oh, mm-hmm. in a technical sense, he's absolutely not the best professional wrestler in the holistic sense. But they yeah, knew but they I mean, could him on for ten minutes and just absolutely, you know, have people lose their minds. Yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah, and, and WWE. I mean, you know, they still they in the last ten years they've been like, oh, you know, our developmental is the best. All they do is just they do the exact same thing with NXT. They just go and take every promotion on Earth's best people, give them a new name, give them a shitter gimmick. You know what I mean? Um, and and then we all know on TV, and then go, oh, da da! Look at what we did. You know, like the, to the point where they created NXT UK to stamp out a burgeoning UK wrestling scene. Like it, it, they have no leg to stand on when it comes to pointing the finger at any other wrestling promotion and saying, oh, they didn't develop their own talent. Blah blah blah. Vince has been stealing other promotions talent since 1982 that's all they do i mean like okay yeah mate the rock yeah i can't think of too many even bloody stone cold they they the undertaker came from wcw like well you can i think to be fair mean mark callus came from wcw it wasn't like he wasn't a big over you know still came from another promotion <laughs> you know what i mean like if yeah. they want to talk about if they if they want to talk about like oh we develop them from the ground up, well give me one. Cena. You know what I mean, they'll point to Randy Orton. Sorry, I'm I'm now I'm picking that that OVW class of Brock Lesnar when when there was no other promotions in America. Yeah, so four dudes <laughs> who all appeared at once. Batista. And the Rock. Yeah. 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 Well, Batista's part of those four dudes. So the Rock, and then four years later, those four dudes, and then that's it. Over a forty-year span. <laughs> anyway, we're trying to stick up for WCW here, man. Like, <laughs> sorry, the I uh, I don't know why I'm apologising to you. I'm apologising. But this pay, but this pay-per-view is the exact kind of thing that WWE would point out and go, "Oh my god, this is fucking terrible." Mm. And I'm not saying it's the best, mm. but there are elements to this where it's where I don't think it's that bad. Like they're building up the giant. DDP is being built up in the, you know, in the Battle Bowl or whatever it's probably called. There's mm. eight names for it. He's the Lord of the Ring. <laughs> but the two homegrown guys that they're trying to push got pushed in this pay-per-view. I think that's, you mm. know, that's oh. fine. And I'm sure if you were watching WWE stuff at the same time, you know, we've been looking at their cards, man, over the last 12 weeks. Like, Oh, yeah, they're... Not good. No. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, they create... Vince is so obsessed with, with driving WCW in the dirt. I mean, they created the Monday Night War documentary 
for the purposes of doing that. Mm. 20 years after they won that war, and they were still going on about like, oh, but you know who was shit, WCW. <laughs> the <laughs> Their obsession with it is bizarre. Mm. And, I mean, we're talking about in in eight days we will, you know, be talking about the fact that Scott Hall is now in WCW and everything's going to change. But the next pay-per-view, I'm relatively sure uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash don't wrestle. I think they put Eric Bischoff through a table and that's it. And then there's, you know, Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio matches and things like that. Like it's it's a real slow burn and it's not just immediately, hey, this guy from the WWF came and now he's wrestling for the title. We're gonna. It's going to take a long time for either of those guys to be in the, yeah. the world title picture. Yeah, it's a it's a slow burn for the NWA to appear, um, you know. And the cruiserweight division, which was so uh, integral to WCW's success, doesn't get mentioned by Vince because he doesn't rate anyone who's under six foot five. Yeah. So I mean, you're talking you know about I mean? even though even though Chris Jericho was essential to WWE. I mean, him defecting and being such a talent was crucial to WWE's success and actually, you know, burying WCW. I mean, you and- could argue that, you know, Chris Benoit was the WCW heavyweight champion uh, when he came over to, to WWF. He, you know, ended a WrestleMania as as WWF champion. Um, Rey Mysterio might be one of the biggest merchandise sellers of all time. Um, you know, these are these are people. Booker T, one of the biggest stars of all time. Uh, Goldberg is still like Goldberg was WWF champion in twenty twenty. Like we're talking about people that WCW built from the ground that Vince McMahon has made a lot of money from, and it's just outrageous mm-hmm. that this is. Anyway, we, we've gone on a, a massive tangential rant. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird because we were like in a really good mood, and then all of a sudden we just riled each other up and have <laughs> been ranting about bins for five minutes. Do you want to hear um, about I what? Want to uh, up, I just wanted to bring up one more thing from the pay per view before mm. we move on, and it's the Ric Flair Mongo uh, promo. Yes, which is probably the thing that most people would remember from this pay per view if they're going to remember anything. <laughs> so. Ric Flair's been having this on and off thing with Macho all night, right? And like, and I, like I said earlier, I think the storytelling is actually pretty good at this point. Where like, Rick is so hateable. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm not, I, I'm not enjoying Rick's performance because I feel like it's very one note. But he, he's popping the crowd. The crowd hate him, right? Like they hate him. Macho is, uh, you know. It's the baby face. He's getting fucked over. You know, Rick's pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, including WCW management, which we'll get to in the, the next Nitro episode and stuff. And then just out of all this, just out of nowhere, and it's kind of, I suppose it built up a little bit last week, but Mongo just appeared. Oh, well, actually, it hasn't been out of nowhere because Rick keeps going over to Deborah McMichael, who stands in the front row of all the Nitro tapings for some reason. <laughs> Uh, he does his gross Ric Flair stuff. Deborah has to um, borrow uh, Liz's. Um, Liz actually got a whole collection of um, spew buckets to match Rick's robes. <laughs> I don't know if you know about this, but uh, she got them custom made. So she's got like a green velvet spew bucket. She's got like a purple velvet 
spew bucket just so everything's on brand you know because every time he touches her she has to chuck so deborah uses that it dude it's so hard to watch it's so fucking hard to watch anyway uh deborah's been borrowing liz's spew buckets every time rick comes over and then mongo was like hey stop making my wife spew this is gross (laughs) and then then out of nowhere rick's like because rick's making matches now (laughs) rick's like you want to do something about a football boy which is one of the worst insults i've ever heard in my life yeah you get yourself a partner and we'll have a tag team match at uh what's the next pay-per-view great american bash oh wow that's one of the big ones uh and then he pulls kevin green who is a current uh nfl nfl player yeah not the current as in 2021. No, not now. From uh, Carolina Panthers? Are Carolina they still, Panthers. Do they still exist in the NFL? I don't know, man, but we, we, we don't want to show how ignorant we are about American sports to our American hey, listeners. look, we're just being open. We're just being – we're from Australia. We barely watch sport in our own country. It's the forbidden door, Damien. The forbidden door must be closed. Uh, you watch the NBA's. I do. I do watch the basketball. I love the basketball. Mm. Um, I would say I Kevin am wearing Green, a Lakers singlet, but I don't really know anything about it. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. just super comfortable, and I like LeBron. <laughs> the, like every uh, other Lakers fan on earth. <laughs> I would. Um, I would uh, say that Kevin Green. You know, this isn't a a one off. Like he's going to be. He's going to pop up heaps of times. He's going to wrestle the NWO. Yeah, it doesn't register much for me because I don't know anything about NFL football, but it seems like with the way they're building it up, it's a huge thing. Um, Yeah, he's not not I love his Anakin. Do you think George Lucas got the Anakin Skywalker rat's tail idea from Kevin Green? Um, I don't know what you're talking about, but yes. Kevin Green's got a rat's tail. Yeah, I don't know the Star Wars stuff. You've never seen Phantom Menace? No. You know Hayden Christensen playing Anakin Skywalker? He's got, like, this flat top and, like, a little long rat's tail. He looks like Kevin Green? Let me explain it to you. When you're a Jedi Padawan, you have to grow... (laughs) You have to grow a rat's tail, essentially, for some reason. Uh, Anyway, that was nonsense words. Uh, Star Wars is the biggest movie franchise of all time. Well, actually, it's the Avengers now. But anyway. Um, I haven't seen that either, if that makes you feel any better. Are you serious? Yeah, no, no, no. The biggest movie franchise. I don't care franchise... about the Marvel films. The, but you've never seen the original Star Wars movies. Oh, no, I've seen the original Star Wars movies. Right, okay. That's um, cool. You, you're actually... It's actually... I kind of um, envy that you've never seen the prequels. I mean, that, that was such a disappointment. That, that, I think that might have been the first time I learned what true disappointment was, that you can be disappointed by things. Was have you... Um, the Star Wars film. I thought the biggest film of all time was still The Seventh Seal by Ingmar Bergman. Isn't that box office-wise adjusted for inflation the biggest film of all time? <coughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> Or, I think even if it was even if adjusted for inflation, no, it wouldn't be. It would be like Gone with the Wind. Oh, I thought Casablanca. it was. I thought it was the Seventh Seal, uh, the Lady from Shanghai, and uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure. 
<laughs> no, that's just that's just your top three rated films on IMDb. Oh, fuck, they're good movies. All of those movies are very, very. <laughs> they good. are all good. Um, yeah, but uh, I the thing I love the most about this. So there's going to be a match: Arn and Rick versus Mongo and uh, and Kevin Crane. So Mongo is now a wrestler. Uh, but uh, Arn got so upset that he stripped down to his nappy. Did you notice that? He was wearing a nappy, took his shirt off, and he just had a nappy on. I like Arn Anderson, uh, but I am confronted by mid-'90s Arn Anderson. Yeah. Well, it was fine. I mean, uh, Mongo and, and uh, Green didn't have to worry because the Duda Stars under-14 security team came out to... <laughs> they still haven't got security down in WCW, have they? These guys literally looked like children. I thought they were kids. It's like, oh, what's the, why is the, why is the Greenvale under fourteen <laughs> AFL team out here? I still maintain uh, when uh, a, a, about ten nitros ago, when Ric Flair was finally st- and the Giant were pulled apart by like two elderly men, a small woman, and a fat guy. That <laughs> yeah. was. You know, they look like uh, they look like uh, public transport cops in Melbourne. Yeah. I, I you know don't what? know what I don't. I don't know if you get this in every other city in the world, but if you see like five people, we have undercover um, like transit cops, and if you see five people hanging out together who just don't look like they should be, it'll be like a twenty-three-year-old Maori guy and like a seventy-four-year-old woman, and then like you know a twelve-year-old-looking dude, and then like. No, yeah, there'll be just one dude don't. with a military haircut and like a bunch of like massive muscles who's just like, I am here to check your ticket. Yeah, doing a, a Matt Jackson <laughs> <laughs> while waiting for the <laughs> waiting for the tram, then you know you've got transit cops on your hands. But anyway, uh, that's pretty much everything there is to uh, talk about. Do you, want to, do you want to hear what David Meltzer's uh, readers thought of the of WCW? Melts down. Melts down. <laughs> uh, so uh, the poll results were thumbs up uh, eight, which is six uh, <laughs> percent. Thumbs down one hundred. Sorry, sorry, that's good. Oh right, that's how many. Oh, is that? Oh, we can see how many votes there were. Yeah, Meltzer's that that so uh, only. <laughs> Only, only eight other people agreed with me and gave this a thumbs up. Yes. This is based on <laughs> phone calls, letters, and fax messages to the Observer. Uh, Holy shit. Uh, Do you reckon, um, I reckon Melt still deals in faxes. Oh, a, hun- a thousand percent. Um, thumbs down, <laughs> 104, which is 81.9%. Uh, in the middle, 15, which is 11.8%. Um, the best wow. match poll. Uh, only two matches got voted into the best match poll. Uh, Conan versus Jushin Liger with 98 votes. And the, <laughs> uh, the Giant versus Sting with nine votes. Uh, it's, the the, same eight, it's the same eight people and me. Both yeah, that is, that is exactly <laughs> right. Uh, the Sting and the Giant. The worst match poll, however, is much more spread out. Um the Battle Royal got one with won the worst match with 28 votes. Fair enough, it was the worst match on the card. Um, it wasn't great. Hawk and Luger versus Animal and Booker T got 25 votes. So mm. just as I sort of mentioned it earlier, but uh, Hawk had an injured ankle 
and just didn't tag in, even though the the idea, the premise of this match is that it's Road Warrior versus Road Warrior. We didn't, that didn't happen. Uh, so that was good. Um, Slater and Eden versus Duggan and Wall Street. Uh, believe it or not, got 16 votes for worst match. Taylor, Taylor and Regal versus Duggan and Wall Street got 14 votes. So Jim Duggan's received 30 votes so far for worst match. Um, and Ray and, <laughs> Ray and Bubba versus Norton and Ice Train got 10 votes. And that's it. I feel like that's a bit harsh. Um, yeah, the uh, the BK, anything to do with Jim Duggan and BK Wall Street in this was pretty bad. Hey, speaking of BK Wall Street, do you know that, um, uh, you know the uh, film that came out, uh, what was it called? I'm trying Wall to remember off the top of my head. No, no, it was a more recent film. Wall Street 2. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, oh God, I can't remember. You know the one with um, Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell? The big something? Mm, no, sorry. The big show? The big show show? Yep. Yeah, it's the big show. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't remember. <laughs> I had a little joke, but I've, I've forgotten to write it down properly and I can't remember what it was, what the premise was. So don't worry about it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, well, take care of yourself. Quality programming. Thank you so much for all the new listeners listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll move into uh, Nitro, uh, which will be the next episode on the feed. We're moving into two-hour Nitros. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I think we can talk about that on the Nitro episode, but just a spoiler for listeners, not good. The Big Short. You know the film The Big Short starring Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's, ba- it's based on BK Wall Street. Anyway, uh, it's <laughs> based on the life of BK Wall Street. <laughs> that was worth it. it was- Oh, holy shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, uh, should we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, you can uh, support us uh, by subscribing, uh, by rating us, uh, specifically on uh, Apple Podcasts. That's where all of the stuff comes from that helps us get to more listeners. Uh, you can um, go to our new Captivate FM um, uh, website. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, you can now also find us on uh, Podchaser, which we only discovered a couple of days ago. It's the IMDb for podcasts, and now we're on it. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, we're always late to the party, but we do eventually arrive. So uh, you can find us on all of those things. Uh, follow us on any of those. Give us a, a, a review. You can actually review us on Podchaser as well, which would help us get out to more people. Um, but until next time, brother friends, our Pepe is actually dead. <laughs>